Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mets 360 here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Jura, and I'll be joined tonight by John Springer, author of the book Mets by the Numbers, uh, which he got a little help from uh, Matt Silverman with. Uh, we'll bring on Matt in just a second, but I want to read just a, a snippet so you'll have of the introduction that uh, John wrote so you'll have an idea what we'll be talking about. So here's what uh, John wrote in, in his introduction. Yet in a sport obsessed with statistics, uniform numbers are kind of the final frontier. The data contained in this book is proudly unofficial, gathered the only way it could have been, over a lifetime of fandom, and refined with the help of scorecards, archival newspaper accounts, transaction records, photos, and video, and presented in a way that's both authoritative and fun. And I think that's a, a great summation of the book. Uh, John, uh, welcome. And uh, just talk a little bit about the, uh, the, the book itself. I mean, you started off with the website, right? Correct. And, and thanks for having me on, Brian. Yeah, I, uh, I started uh, with a website, which, which sort of, um, you know, itself began as sort of uh, just kind of a, a game I'd play with myself to try and see if I could actually knew all the uniform numbers of the ball players that played when I was a kid up through, you know, the point at which I was thinking about this pro- uh, project in the 90s. And um, <clears throat> I guess the, the, the website, Got up in in uh, 2008 2009. It'll be its 17th year, I think, this year coming. And um, uh, several years after that, I heard from uh, Matt Silverman, who you uh, uh, mentioned earlier. Matt was a, a writer and had a, a number of kind of projects uh, with Mets books involved, and in, and sort of convinced me that. Uh, you know, this little website that I had, which is basically a list of, of uniform numbers and, and, a, and a kind of a stitched together history that, that kind of preceded by numbers should be a book and not just a website. And uh, uh, we pursued that as a book in 2003. Uh, at the time, publishers liked the idea, but the Mets weren't a very uh, uh, hot topic. Uh, they couldn't move a whole <laughs> lot of books at that time. So we didn't hear back from the we heard from the same uh editor again after they clinched a playoff spot in 2006 and that got the ball rolling for the first edition of the book which published it for the first time in 2008 and then um uh basically did a a second edition of the book which came out uh over last summer now, I want to go in uh, detail about some of the Mets uniform numbers, but before we do, there's one thing about the book that I thought was really nice, and, and that was a uh, a real nice foreword uh, written by uh, Voice of the Mets' Howie Rose. Um, can you just talk about that a little bit, uh, including about how yeah. uh, how we got uh, connected to the project? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, we reached Howie. I guess Matt uh, Silverman uh, actually deserves the credit for that. Uh, he pulled some strings with whoever he knew. To um, uh, you know, get get Matt, uh, get Howie to uh, contribute, um, you know, a forward to the book. But the interesting thing about it was is that at the time, we didn't even have any of the book written. Uh, Howie delivered a a you know a pitch perfect word for word you know uh, forward to the book that hadn't been written yet that we didn't have to change a word of when it when it finally published. And, you know, the reason we went after Howie was because he was the kind of fan or the kind of, you know, authoritative figure in Mets history that would sort of get this kind of a project. This is kind of a, a story for 
um, you know, Met fans and um, one who sort of seen much and forgotten little. That's that's Howie, you know. So it was a it was a great match for the book. Uh, anyone who's been a fan for a while will certainly have uniform numbers that they they immediately associate. And the obvious example is Tom Seaver. He's number forty one. Um, like to ask you about a, a couple of numbers that that maybe aren't quite so cut and dried. And uh, yep. the top of that list is uh, number seven. So who do you think of when you think of the Mets in number seven? You know, um, uh, you know, Ed Greenpool, I guess, is the first one. I want to say Hubie Brooks as well because you know that was a he, he came along during a very, kind of an impressionable time for me in the in the 80s. Uh, you know the Mets were kind of getting good again. You know Hubie Brooks was uh, a big part of that team um, in 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 83, 84, um, and uh, uh, but I would say I would say you know you know from from my from my earliest memories and, and Huey Brooks. And, and of course, you know, Jose Reyes is, uh, uh, is a memorable guy as well. So really it's, it's kind of the three of them. You know, it's real interesting that you threw, uh, Hubie Brooks into the, into the discussion there, because to me, it's always a, uh, um, you know, simply crane pool or, or Reyes and, and mm-hmm. crane pool, obviously, because he wore the number for so long. And then Reyes, just because the fans have such, fabulous good memories of uh of reyes and then now with him being back on on the team again but um one of the things that i didn't know that uh you threw out in the book was uh Cranepool actually wore a, a different number for for a little bit there um do yeah. you recall what that number was yes he was number 21 when he was first uh called up to the team and interestingly enough he was uh asked to uh take number seven by the team once they acquired Warren Spahn, who was briefly with wow. the team in, was it 64, I guess? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Warren Spahn obviously had worn 21 throughout his career. And at one point, a few years ago, Ed Cranepool was actually selling some of his his memorabilia to either to raise money or whatever. And uh, one of the things he auctioned was the the letter from, I guess it was, George Weiss, you know, on Mets letterhead asking him to, you know, relinquish number seven. I should have bought it, um, or at least I should have saved the uh, uh, the letter itself. But um, <clears throat> lost the history, but it's in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great story. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, another yeah. number that's uh, a little bit up for grabs, I guess, in, in Mets fandom is, is the number 15. Um, who do you associate with that number? I, you know, you asked me that, and I'm, and I'm thinking of George Foster. I mean, it's weird, right? It's the same, you know, Huey Brooks era, the 1982-83 teams, I guess, made a big impression on me. But, uh, you know, I also see – I mean, it's weird. I see um, I see Jerry Grody, of course, from the 70s. Um, and, and, you know, I also see um, – for some reason, I'm thinking of Brady Clark, and and he was with the Mets very briefly, and I think he was with the Mets on two different occasions, and only one of them he wore number 15. For some reason, I'm thinking of him as number 15 as well. Um, you know, this is just kind of, you know, I don't know if, if any other fans out there have the same sort of, uh, you know, memory for, for associating players and numbers and back again. You know, you can kind of flash on that number, you kind of see these different guys uh, over the years who wore them. But for me, if you ask me the 15, at least tonight, I say, I say, I'm thinking of George Foster. 
uh, again, uh, I'm just floored because to me, 15 is either uh, Jerry Grody or uh, or Carlos Beltran. And uh, as a Duffy Dyer fan, anything that uh, eliminates uh, Jerry Grody from the conversation, I'm in favor of. So uh, yeah. George Foster, great, sign me up. I'm with you. Yep, yep. Uh, and I, another, I'm, I'm um, in trouble thinking of Beltran. Another number I'd like to talk about, and, and maybe not the, the same way that the, the first two were, but number 32. And uh, obviously, if you, you grew up in the 70s, you, you immediately think of uh, uh, Jonathan Trumpo or Matlack when you, when you see that number. And, and now we've got another big lefty wearing the same number in, in Stephen Matz. And just yep. uh, curious if you knew there was any significance to Matt's being assigned 32 and uh, uh, any correlation between uh, him and, and Matlack in your mind. I, I like to think there is, but I don't really believe there is. <laughs> so I think, uh, you, you know, uh, I mean, you said it, right? When, when Sometimes, you know, if you kind of see it out of the corner of your eye and you're not really paying attention, you see Matt's up there, you, you could flash on John Matlack earlier in his career, you know, big guy, lefty, tough, you know, throws inside, you know, all the things that you sort of associate with that. And um, But I got to say, the Mets have <sighs> – they're not they're not great at uh you know replaying their history to to this level i don't believe you know i i, I like to think they are and i'd like to try to you know in my narrative in the book and on the website i try to sort of create a a a story out of it but i think a lot of this time you know the vast majority of time it's just it's pure luck, pure coincidence, you know, this number became available, there it was, and this guy came up and it got dealt to him, and that's how it goes. But you can see, you know, 32 was was not only um, uh, Matt Lack and, and Matt, but, uh, but Mike Hampton, another lefty, um, uh, he had a couple of other lefties who were 32, who were pretty tough guys, and was one relief pitcher I'm thinking of. Carlos Diaz and another another one of uh, Foster and Hubie Brooks teammates <laughs> was a 32 and a lefty and a tough a, a tough lefty. So to me, I, I associate 32 with lefties, even though that hasn't always been the case. You know, glad to hear you mention uh, Carlos Diaz. Um, he uh, he threw what was affectionately called the Staten Island sinker. Um, which uh, may or may not have been a, uh, a legal pitch, but uh, anytime we can get a reference to my hometown here on the show, we uh, we definitely try to do that. Um, let's move amazing. up a, a couple of a uh, um, couple of uh, couple of numbers from 32 to 34. When Nolan Ryan first came up with the Mets, he wore number 34, and then uh, he switched over to 30. Uh, just curious if uh, you knew of any uh, any story behind that number switch. Not uh, beyond um, Ryan's own inability to kind of stay up with the major league team between his debut in 66 and when he came and came up to stay, I guess, in 67, 68. Uh, I think there were a couple other guys that, uh, you know, kind of got the chance. You know, not unlike any other young pitcher who might kind of bobble up to the surface and come back down again. We saw this year, you know, Josh Smoker, for example, a guy got called up from the minors, issued number 49, didn't get into a game, back down. In the in-between, the Mets reacquired John Neese, give him 49. When Smoker comes up, he's got 59. A couple of weeks later, they trade for Fernando Salas, who has equity in number 59, and Smoker is wearing number 58. So, you know, not unlike any other uh, 
you know, young player bobbling up and down between the minor leagues and, and you know, with other guys coming through. Uh, I think, you know, Ryan wound up wearing both those numbers for the Mets, but I don't think there's anything real significant about his his changing of that number other than that, you know, other people just got in front of him in line. It's hard to imagine Hall of Fame Nolan Ryan with all the strikeouts and all the no-hitters being a, a, a guy who, who couldn't get established in the majors or at least had some difficulty. But I guess in, yep. in Nolan's defense, he did have uh, a little bit of an uh, of an army uh, obligation that he was fulfilling, which probably uh, held him back a little bit too. Yep, yep. And, and to think that, you know, I mean, of course, his number's been retired by three different teams, <laughs> but not the Mets. Um, <laughs> but not the Mets. So, yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> now, let's kind of – we've been talking about numbers of guys who are really good. Let, let's throw a little curveball into the mix. And, uh, and I want to ask you a question, and, and, that, and that is, can we retire a number for suckitude? Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to see any Mets hitter wear the number 44 ever again. Can can we do that? Yeah, is, is that possible? I I I don't think I don't think the team, the team will follow through with it. But um, I, I I get I feel your pain. <laughs> there's a, there's any number of numbers you can really make that case for. You know, one of the things about looking at every player who's ever played for the Mets, all 1,000 some number now by now, uh, is that you know you you really confronted with the you know the the huge majority of them who were you know, insignificant players or had short careers or weren't very good um, <clears throat> among them. So, uh, but yeah, you're right. 44 has seemed to attract a, a good number of guys. I, I think the funny thing about 44, you know, that I remark is that, uh, you know, the it's traditionally or, or been associated with, you know, great power hitters throughout baseball. You know, you've seen, you know, Hank Aaron and uh, Willie McCovey were 44s and Reggie Jackson for a time was 44. Um, you know, the Mets, 44s were all guys who thought they were power hitters, but actually weren't, right? <laughs> so you had Ryan Thompson and, jeez, uh, I, I can't remember. Think. Who was the guy who was on the team all year long and were a 44, a veteran, veteran infielder, Jay Bell? Jay Bell played his last season of his career in the Mets wearing number 44 for no apparent reason. Now, um, was that Bell's number otherwise? Because I, I have this I, vision of him like, 30, 38, maybe. Yeah, hmm. I, you know, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't think that it is. He was a forty-four. It's, it's, it's hard to say. You know, I, I don't know why or how. You know, this all comes out, but you know, it, it's. You're right though. Forty-four uh, has been a been a weird number. Uh, you know, Jake Payton. Uh, the three I want guys, to say Lansing's Millage, but I, I can't remember if it actually was Lansing's Millage now. I, I believe that's 44. correct too. Yeah. The, the the three that jump to my mind are are Jason Bay and oh, John God. Buck and uh-huh. um uh the outfielder that uh, that they signed that was no good here recently, uh John Mayberry, John Mayberry Junior. So oh, those those three yeah. were forty fours and it's just like let's let's just retire that one. Yeah, maybe. Well, so. you're listening to uh, uh, Mets 360 here on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I'm Brian. He's John, and he's the author of the book and the website Mets by the Numbers, and and we're talking uniform numbers. And uh, we were uh, talking about guys from the past, but uh, let's turn our attention to the 2017 season now. Usually, we've had a little bit more 
new guys being added. So it's, it's probably not the best season to, to ask you this question, but are there any uniform numbers that you're anticipating for the 2017 season? I'm anticipating some, but I can't, I can't be sure whether they're going to happen. Right. Um, uh, you know, what you can do is, is, you know, look at what's, you know, the guys who have come off the roster since the season ended and look at the guys who probably need some reassigning the, the new guys to the 40 man roster that were announced in November. Technically they should get uniform numbers, a number of, uh, you know, minor league invites to camp. They should be getting numbers. Uh, normally that's announced, you know, right around now in, in, in the next, in the next uh, week or so uh, in February, normally we, we would see these things. So uh, I'm anticipating, you know, it'll come out at some point. But specifically, uh, Ahmed Rosario uh, added to the 40-man roster, you know, considered a real comer in the organization, of course. And uh, uniform number one is available. uh, He's worn that previously in the minor leagues. It looks likely they're probably uh, holding that out for him. Um, You know, elsewhere... I, I really see that, the, you know, kind of the opportunity this year is to get some of these guys out of these ridiculous high numbers that they've been wearing in the last couple of seasons and kind of move them down. You've had Tim Tuffle move out of the, out of the coaching box. So that frees up number 11. Uh, I could see Ty Kelly moving there. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, number 16 ought to be free this year. You can see TJ Rivera move down from 54 down there, you know, uh, Maybe it gets and then go out of sixty-seven to get the. You know, there hasn't been a whole lot of intrigue this year as to sort of who's going to who's going to get what in that. You know, we haven't really added any players with any equity in the number, so uh, it's all it's all a mystery at this point. Now you mentioned Tim Tuffle, and to me that's a real interesting case because obviously Tuffle uh, had a history with the Mets being here as a, a player on the 1986 squad, but it still seems uh, a little bit uh, curious to me that a coach would get a prime number like that. Uh, do you have yeah. any idea if if that's typical, or, or do they usually give coaches numbers in the 40s and the 50s? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, for the first uh, 20, 25 years of the team, you know, coaches never wore anything but 51 to 55, I think. And then since then, it's been a little bit different. You know, right now, it, it like I said, it, you know, kind of the old traditions have seemed to have fallen away. Um, you know, right now you've got guys, uh, some coaches, um, <clears throat> I want to say Goodwin and Ricky Bonet, um, and maybe one more are wearing numbers in the 20s, which is unusual. Uh, Tuffle is is a case like Mookie Wilson when he was a coach, or Bobby Valentine when he was a coach. You might want to allow them, you know, to retain the numbers that they were as players. And Tuffle did that for a while with, uh, well, just last year with 11. Prior to that, um, when Ruben Dejada was occupying 11. Tuffle was wearing number 18, which was curious in that, uh, of course, that was Strawberry's number when, when they were teammates, and, and Strawberry and Tuffle were were famously, uh, well, they didn't get along <laughs> um, <laughs> back then, if you if you read the account. You know, it seems like, you know, traditionally, maybe the, maybe the manager gets a pick, and maybe a coach, if he's from the team and has some, you know, equity in the, in the number, you know, he gets the pick, but the other coaches would get 
you know, we're going to put you in the 50s where you belong. You know, at least that's the way it was in the old days. Today, it just, it's just not quite the same. You know, it's, it's funny that you bring up the history between Tuffle and Strawberry because Tuffle, to me, always looked like, uh, you know, your your next-door neighbor, the, the, the guy who was about as non-threatening as an insurance salesman. But to, mm-hmm. to me, no one messed with Tuffle. So... I, I think I think he had some uh, I think he had some tough guy uh, blood in him, and uh, yeah. anybody who uh, stood up to Strawberry was was all right in in my mind. But I want to <laughs> uh, circle back to to some something you said earlier. You were talking about uh, the Mets' top prospect Ahmad Rosario, and you were mm-hmm. you were thinking that uh, perhaps they were saving number one for him, which was uh, interesting to me because immediately I think of Mookie Wilson. And you mentioned that yeah. he also wore Mookie also wore number one as a coach. Um, yep. uh, what What are your feelings on? Um, I don't even know how I want to phrase this. Um, saving numbers, not necessarily retiring them, but it just seems like it has has does Mookie have a spot in the organization where no one should wear his number for a while? If that makes sense. Mm, Mookie probably not. You know, I guess. You know, the 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 80s teams are are very tough to sort of recognize any one player as as a as a standout to have their uniform number retired because you know they're really something less without their teammates. So if you're gonna argue, you know, this is this is where I'm always going with this. If you're gonna argue to sort of take 16 out of circulation, you really ought to take 17 out. You really ought to take 18 out. You ought to consider taking you know, 12 out, uh, maybe five for Johnson. I mean, it, it goes on and on. You you really can't uh, you can't put a stop to it. So, I mean, right now they've taken 17 kind of quietly out of circulation. They haven't. Nobody's worn it since Fernando Tatis back in uh, whenever that was 08, I guess. Um, and and that's obviously you know honoring uh, Hernandez. And but but you know it wasn't just his playing career. I don't think you know as as much as I loved Keith and 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 as as revolutionary and a great a player as he was, he's not a Hall of Famer. He didn't have his best years with the Mets necessarily, and his career with the Mets, you know, wasn't really lengthy enough to sort of compare favorably with a guy like Seaver, whose number was retired as a player for the Mets. So, um, but. He's adding to his legacy as a sportscaster, and I think that matters. And and so I think that's why I think that's why 17 is out of circulation. Eight went out of circulation when when Carter went to the Hall of Fame. I think that got complicated when he went in as an expo, and he uh, you know had some problems with the Mets management over you know perceived campaigning for the empty managerial spot <laughs> um, following or how I guess it were following Valentine. So I, I'm not sure, um, you know, how they feel about Carter anymore. Um, you know, so I'd like to see, I don't want to say how I would like to see those numbers re, re, reissued, but thoughtful reissuing would be nice. You know, if they waited for a nice uh, young catcher to come along and give them number eight, that would make sense. Or if they waited for a first baseman to come along with a good, you know, future in front of them, good hands and leadership abilities, and they gave them number 17, I'd be good with that. You know, where, where you miss yeah. it is, is, is when you, you know, issue 17 to Daesung Koo and, and David Newhan, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the problem with that. 
Yeah, I, I definitely like that sentiment. The one thing that uh, worries me a little bit, like we have a first base prospect who everyone has uh, high hopes for, and that's Dominic Smith. And do you, right. if you give him 17 after 17 hasn't been worn for a while, does that just add to the to the pressure that's on him? So, I mean, yeah. I guess it's a, a double-edged sword kind of thing. Yeah, it. I mean, you know, in some, you know, I, I always look at the the example of soccer. You know, they they always give the the player, you know, the goal score for every team. You know, number ten. And if you're issued number ten, it's a it's you know best wishes. It's not sorry pressure. You know what I mean? It's just this is this is our guy for now. Um, so, I mean, listen, you know, I I don't I I, I give give a lot of thought to these things. Seriously, though, you know, if the player wants to wear a certain number, let him go. You know, I, I don't, uh, you know, but um, it's fun to see it when, it when it works. All right, well, you you mentioned number 10, so we've got to talk about it. Let's go back to, like, what we were doing at the, be- the beginning of the, the podcast. Who do you think of when you think of the Mets in number 10? Number 10? There's only one answer, Duffy John. Dyer. There you go. Ding, 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 ding. Did I get it right? <laughs> I, I might have I might have begrudgingly accepted Rusty Staub, but there's only yeah, one well, answer. Yeah, Staub, Staub, Staub's got some four in him, too. You know, I can't I can't forget that from uh, 73, 74, he was number four. So it was actually, you well, know, Staub was Duffy's a 10. number 10. Yeah, well, Staub was a 10 before he got to the Mets, and he waited right. until they got rid of Duffy Dyer to move to four, or, or move from four to 10. So, uh, yeah, so Duffy Dyer, you know, backup catcher, uh, not a bad hitter, uh, made a good impression. Yeah. I can't. And had a son named Brian. Sorry? Uh, it doesn't make a difference. There's only one answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, well, we, we've been we've been talking uh, uniform numbers here, and uh, uh, could talk about that subject for hours. But you, you're more than just a, a uniform guy; you're a, you're a Met fan too. And you know, we're getting right. ready to start spring training, and just wondering uh, what uh, what some of the storylines that you're most interested in uh, heading into spring training here for the Mets. I know it's, it's very interesting that they've got so many outfielders and 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 not all that many solutions. You know, I don't. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that 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 they haven't traded Bruce if they haven't gotten a good offer for him. But um, it's uh, so obviously that's one thing we're looking at. You know, I, I'm I'm a little bit I'm a little bit concerned. I guess is the right way to say it. I, I feel like the Braves have improved. I feel like the Phillies couldn't be worse. You know, the the Marlins. Well, maybe they're not better, but um, you know, the fewer cookies in the division. Uh, Nationals still good, you know. Mets uh, decent, but haven't changed and have a lot of questions. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a year, you know. I think I think they need to get off to a good start. I need, uh, you know, I'd like to see them, uh, you know, um, get things together a little faster than they did last year. I think that would be important and um, kind of go from there. Yeah, it sure would be nice to see good baseball in the months of like May and June and July. Be nice if we yeah. didn't wait till August to turn it on. Um, you mentioned I'll tell you the outfield. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, last spring, you know, the spring training was awful, and and I don't I don't put too much stock in spring training, but I mean, at least you know I I don't care what their one, one loss record is, but they used to have to look like they're doing well. You know what I mean? And I can't remember last spring they think they lost what 13 games in a row. They failed to win 
13 or 14 <laughs> games in a row, they tied a few. And I said, this team is not ready to go out there and play. And and sure enough, they you know they weren't until until a lot of things went right. The schedule got easy for them in in August and September. And, and you know, fortunately, they they made something of it. But I'd like to see a better a better start to the year than last year. That's for sure. Thing that I'm curious about. Everyone's talking about either the health of the pitchers or what's going to happen in the outfield. But to me, one of the things that's very curious is the infield. And last mm-hmm. year we got a real nice season out of both of the double play uh, 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 partners in uh, Neil Walker and Azdrubal Cabrera. And I'm wondering if you think that they can match their 2016 output this year. I'd bet against it, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, fortunately they have some, uh, they they've got, you know, Ciccini and, and Rosario, if you will, number one and number two, um, supposedly kind of in the wings. Um, you know, Walker surprised me. You know, he he hit a lot of home runs, but you know, other than that, he was kind of a, a, a kind of a glorified singles hitter who left the team with a back injury. You know, midway or two thirds of the way through the year, and I was very surprised that uh, that 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 he came back. I. I I don't know what the Mets feeling is, but but they must have miscalculated and thought he would have not taken it because I can't imagine they would they would want to you know willingly part with seventeen million dollars for the guy. Um, you know that said, it's a one year deal. <laughs> you know they trade him if they needed to, um, whatever. Uh, you know I'm, I'm not saying Walker's a bad player at all. He's a he's an excellent player, but um, you know counting on him counting on a repeat of that year this year coming off back surgery, a year older, you know, kind of an outlier year from one side of the plate, you know, all these things, you know, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if he didn't do as well. That's for sure. You know, and Cabrera, um, you know, great presence on the team, um, you know, gave his all, played hurt, et cetera, you know, and, and he had an excellent year as well, but, but, you know, there were times where he looked like he was, he was, Playing, playing hurt, and hopefully he can stay healthy as well. But like I said, uh, you know, backups for them, hopefully in the organization right now. So uh, hopefully we can get through it if if we need to. Well, we are all out of time in uh, this episode. Let's uh, wrap it up with uh, reminding listeners about the uh, both the website and the book Mets by the Numbers. And uh, it's a, a terrific uh, reference material. Uh, I, I know I've used the, the website countless times in, in, in writing my articles for the blog. Uh, just wondering if you could uh, tell, uh, tell listeners where they can pick up the book. Uh, you can find the book anywhere you can find books, uh, Amazon.com, uh, or uh, you can uh, touch base with me through the website, uh, mbtn.net. That's by the numbers.net. And uh, I'd be happy to help you out that way. Um, thanks, Brian. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, thanks for joining us, John. Thanks for a terrific book, and, and thanks for going at least uh, one or two games without uh, beating me badly in Scrabble. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I appreciate it, too. Tune in, tune again, in again next week, and I believe we have uh, David Groveman uh, scheduled to appear on the show to uh, talk about uh, Mets prospects. Thanks, everyone. Good night.